Welcome to It's an EDRN. On today's episode, we're going to discuss the multitude of reactions I have had internally to my workplace going to a no-mask-required model as part of the global attempt to ignore the ongoing COVID pandemic, or as part of a morale-boosting move to make it easier to sneak snacks at your nurse station. Either way, I have a lot of feelings about it, and I'd like to discuss. I'm your host, an EDRN, and I hope you'll stick around to listen. It's an e- it's a D, it's an ED, a run. It's an E, dance for emergency. It's a D, dance for department. It's an ED, not erectile dysfunction. A run, that's a nurse. Episode 41, an EDRN is unmasked. Welcome to my podcast, It's an EDRN. I am your host, an EDRN, and today we are talking about the end of a pandemic era. Sort of. There is a lot of evidence out there to support the idea that COVID-19 has transitioned into an endemic rather than a pandemic situation. There's also a lot of evidence out there to show that, honestly, it's it's not. Not too much better, and maybe we should be, I don't know, wearing masks. However, that is not a subject or something that we are going to talk about today. We are going to talk about my feelings, because this is my show, and that's what's most interesting to me, and maybe, hopefully, you as well. Uh, If this is your first time on this podcast, thank you. Thank you for being here. Uh, It's not always without um, evidence-based practice and literature, but today it kind of is. So um, yeah, if you're new here, hi, I'm an EDRN. I've been a nurse for 12 years now. Uh, I started out in med surge. I did ICU for a while, and then I was a nurse manager for a while. We won't talk about that. There's a whole episode about it. I think it's episode six or somewhere around there. Um, if you're really interested in some very depressing uh, backstory, anyway, for the last oh, over a year and a half, almost two years now, actually. Um, I've been in in an emergency department, back to bedside, uh, at a level one, and mostly work in trauma bay, and I kind of love it, so, yay. And ever since I have been back to bedside, of course, it's been a fully mask situation, and a lot of the time, N95s, because that's what was recommended. Um, As we have moved to less and less cases in this area, our hospital has made the decision to go to an optional mask policy for visitors, for staff um, in all departments. It was a slow rollout, and at first it was just, you know, on the buses or in the classrooms, but we still had to wear them in the ED, and then on the floors it was okay, and so now we've just gone fully mask optional. they don't pass them out at the doors anymore. It's like very much a Wild West free-for-all, which honestly is just the way that it was. So 
It shouldn't be that weird, but it is. We've been at this for, I think it's been three or four weeks now. It's like a month since we've gone to this model, and I have cycled through a lot of feelings. And, yeah, I'd like to discuss those. So I have kind of this love-hate relationship with masks. I really do hate wearing them. And also I love what they provide, basically, the, the safety, mostly. So let's start with the loves, things I love about wearing a mask. The number one best thing that has come out of this universal everybody has a mask on is I no longer have the fear or experience of a patient's hot breath on my face. Those of you who became nurses in the pandemic era are just discovering this for the first time, but this used to be a normal thing that happened. You would have a patient and they'd be talking to you and their hot, hot breath would like reach your face. And that was best case scenario. Best case scenario, because what would happen a lot of times after that is is that little piece of spittle (laughs) would exit their mouth and land somewhere on your face and you just accepted that this would happen from time to time and you just prayed that it wouldn't land in an orifice on your face um and sometimes it did and and it just was something gross that we all it was a shared experience talk to any nurse that was there pre-pandemic and they will probably admit regardless of their feeling about masks at this time, that that is a benefit. I'm all for patients wearing masks all the time. (laughs) I just don't want to have to wear one. Okay, anyway. Yeah, so that huge benefit. Um, The other benefit of wearing a mask is it hides my zits. Sometimes I get zits mostly on my chin, sometimes on my forehead, but it's mostly like around my mouth because the kind I get are hormonal in nature, and that just seems to be the area. Sometimes like around my nose as well. And masks are great for those. I can wear those like pimple patches under my mask, the kind that like suck the uh, the ick out of your um, zit. And wearing those without a mask is certainly an option, but like it's just a lot better when you can hide it. Um, I really like that. <laughs> I really like that. Um, I feel safe in a mask. There's something about wearing it now. It's like, if I can come, so a lot of nurses, a lot of nurses that have been in nursing a very, very long time, like since the 80s, remember the HIV AIDS epidemic. Before HIV AIDS came on the scene, nurses did not wear gloves for most things. Nurses didn't wear gloves while starting IVs. Nurses didn't wear gloves while changing a patient in a lot of cases. Um, Just like things that were like, you gross. Nurses didn't wear gloves. It just wasn't part of standard PPE at that time. The same way masks and like safety goggles weren't a, a part of it, you know, stoggles weren't around because there was no, there was there was no need, you know, there was no demand for something like that. Now we know, of course, that in addition to HIV/AIDS, there are all these other bloodborne pathogens. Plus, just ew, I don't want someone's feces or urine or spittle or really sweat even on my hand. 
So like we know that, right? But there are these like gray areas with gloves, like giving someone IV medication. You can you can certainly a- access an IV and give medication without gloves, but sometimes that IV is ick. And sometimes there's blood left over from when they pulled blood, you know, from the IV moments ago. You know what I mean? Like those IVs that are kind of, maybe they're clean under the dressing, but they're not outside the dressing. And the patient might be just like in a weird position. It might be a bit of a struggle to get their IV. Sometimes the medication you're giving them is because they're wilding out. So a lot of these kind of gray areas where I just feel safer when I put on a pair of gloves. It feels less icky to me. The same is true with a mask. I will slap a mask on and it just, the the human interaction baseline feels less icky to me. I may be a germaphobe, I'm not sure. Um, No makeup, no problem. That's another reason I love masks. I don't have to put concealer on my zits. I don't have to make sure my lips are moisturized. <laughs> I mean, I should, but like, you know, I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to worry about blush, like putting actual color in my pale ass face. Like it just doesn't matter. It, it just doesn't matter. Um, and that was a change for me. I, I always wore makeup to work and now I wear less makeup than I ever have in my entire life uh, because it doesn't matter because <laughs> people are dying. That's why it doesn't matter. But also the mask. Um, But also people can be dying and you can care what you look like. Those things are not mutually exclusive. Uh, No need to check your teeth after a meal. You could have all kinds of nonsense going on between those teeth. Nobody knows. Nobody cares. There's freedom in that. There's something amazing about that. So those are just some reasons why I do prefer wearing a mask. I do like wearing a mask. Love is a strong, strong descriptor, but you know, reasons why I love wearing a mask, whatever. Here are some reasons why I hate wearing a mask. And I do mean, I hate it. The mask hides the zits, but you only have those zits because I have to wear the mask. Those zits are from the mask. So it's like a never-ending cycle. Like, it, it just feeds into itself. You wear the mask, and uh, the zits happen because of the, the trapping of whatever in the mask. And then you have to use the mask to hide the zits. And I guess I, more than anything, would have liked a heads up that the masks were going away. And we only got, like, one week, and that's, like, insufficient time to prepare. Um Anyway, uh, they cause zits, and I hate that. Uh, Second reason, I have to smell my own hot breath. Now, at the beginning of the day, the breath is good because I do have an oral hygiene regimen, as everyone should, and boy, have I upped my game on that since wearing masks. But after coffee, after lunch, after just being dehydrated because you haven't had a second to sit down and actually drink the water because the water is in a hydration station that is 20 feet away and you have to stand while you're drinking it and and you have all this charting to do. Like, there are reasons why you get dehydrated at work and that dehydration does nothing for your breath. I can tell you that as a matter of fact. Um, Another reason I hate masks is I... I have a hard time baseline reading people's faces I've come to learn. Um, 
there's like a very fine line sometimes between when someone is mad and just pretending to be mad, someone's being passive aggressive and, and not like it's sometimes I, I misread it and the masks don't help with that. Certainly I feel really bad this whole time for people. Of course, people who are deaf, uh, who read lips, I feel bad for people on the autism spectrum because they already have a hard time. Kids baseline apparently have a hard time reading facial expressions with masks. These are pretty nuanced things and don't really often come into play in an emergency department. We're just trying to save your life, not become your best friend. Um, but it, it matters and it can matter in an emergency situation when there's a lot of noise and I can't tell what someone is saying and I can't tell they're talking to me or I can't tell which one of them is talking because they're standing next to each other because I can't watch their lips move. So it, it is, it does make some things more difficult than they need to be simply because your mouth is covered. It's, it's a whole thing. Um, my ears hurt. They, so the ones that go behind my head makes my head hurt. So I don't use those. And the ones that go behind my ears, my, the back of my ears get very sensitive because I'm also wearing, uh, goggles. I'm also wearing like safety glasses. Those will never go away. Cause I will never, I cannot believe I ever did nursing without safety glasses. All the things that could just fly in your eye. And then you stand at the eye wash station for like 15 minutes. Fuck that. I can't, I just can't believe it. It is standard PPE for me now. I will never be without it. Uh, hard, hard, hard stop. But my ears do hurt. It is, it's a, it's weight. It, they're loaded. And I, I have yet to find a mask that doesn't really do that by the end of a 12-hour shift. So, And I guess the last reason that I really, really hate masks, like, to my core is that it's a constant reminder that we're living in a collective trauma that we have barely begun to process while dealing with the repercussions of a struggling healthcare system that does little to provide preventative care and insists, insists on being content to bankrupt people for getting sick as the result of, um, I don't know, a global pandemic, for example. I don't know anyone who can be this close to healthcare day in and day out and think that we have a great system going here. There is a much more nuanced, detailed, and vibrant conversation to be had around that. I realize that's quite a loaded <laughs> statement to make. But the fact is, collectively, as a community, as a culture, we've entered into this contract, this social contract, where we are content. We have been made content. We have been contented. I, I Sorry, I can't think of another word. We just all agree, essentially, let's just cut to the chase. We all agree that it's okay that some people get cancer and go bankrupt simply because they got cancer. We, we, we have all decided, because we're not out in the street screaming about it. At least I'm not. I know I'm not. I talk about it here. I talk about it to my friends. I talk about it. You know, we complain about it. But, like, what are we doing about it? At the end of the day, we, we, we are all fine with this. And I think what the masks do is they remind me, hey, for the last three years, you've been going through this trauma with everybody else. 
and, and nothing substantial has been done to change the outcome or the expected outcome of the next pandemic. Nothing substantial has been done to make sure people are healthier at baseline so that they can better process, like to mitigate the devastating effects and the deaths of a virus like this. Nothing has been done to increase outpatient services and access to ongoing mitigating factors for people with diabetes, for people with congestive heart failure, just for people who smoke as a result of the constant invitation for the tobacco companies into our homes and our televisions and our magazines and our politics. Like, look into big tobacco and the way that, like, they and people in charge just do not give a flying fuck about your health. But we blame people for smoking. We blame people who are overweight. We blame people with diabetes. We blame people with congestive heart. Like, we blame people for being not healthy as though poverty and living in a food desert and the constant marketing of these things, fast food and like it just, <laughs> I am going down a rabbit hole tangent off a cliff situation here and I didn't mean to do that. What I feel when I'm not masked, so Essentially, after weeks of this, I have settled on kind of my feeling about it because I have all these competing feelings. And the feeling I think I actually have when I, when I don't wear my mask at work in those moments, because I, I go back and forth even in, in the course of like a single shift, wearing it, not wearing it. And it's like that feeling that I imagine is like any risk-taking behavior where there's kind of exhilaration and fear. There's like this element of relief, but also terror. It's like a vacillation between fuck it and fuck me. And that's kind of where I live, and that's a very uncomfortable space to be in. And that's why people that I work with, some of them, many of them just commit to like, I'm not wearing it. And other people are like all the time wearing it. Because it's very... Because those are decisions that informed decisions that they've made and that they're allowed to make. But also I think it is very difficult to exist in this middle ground. And it is difficult for me as well. And I'm still kind of feeling it out because, you know, we all mitigate risk to certain degrees. We all get used to whatever level of risk we're willing to engage in. And with masks, because they're it's relatively new still, it, we're just constantly reevaluating it. And at some point, we will all kind of settle on where we are comfortable not wearing them and where we are comfortable wearing them. Currently, for me, just for me, I bring an N95. I put it on anytime a patient, a new patient comes in, or I'm giving patient care for the most part, and I have it off when I'm charting. Um, or just interacting with other staff members. So that's kind of like the rule, this like loose interpretation. And then we'll see how it goes, I guess. <laughs> like, I'll get some kind of biofeedback on that. I'll either get sick a bunch or I won't. And then I'll take that as some kind of causational relationship when likely it's just correlational. And anyway, all this to say, it's really hard right now, this whole masking thing.
And with that, let's get into some tips and tricks around masks. Tip number one. Get you an N95 or a KN95, whichever one. Um, Reason being, a simple surgical mask is not going to do a whole lot if half the other people that you're interacting with aren't wearing them. Simple surgical masks are really dependent on universal masking. Everyone engaging in, it's mostly source containment. So you're protecting other people by wearing it, but your protection is not really guaranteed. So it's timed up your game. I bought a bulk, you know, box a while ago just for my own personal use. Um, And now I wear them to work. They're in multiple colors. I got them on Amazon because there's a, a lot available on Amazon, but I do not like Amazon. So when these are used up, I'm looking at these masks uh, through Evolve together. Uh, not a sponsor. <laughs> no. But but there are these masks that are, I think they're KN95s and they're biodegradable. They are very comfortable and um, they are much, much more expensive. So keep that in mind. But I do recommend if you're going to mitigate your risk and not wear a mask all the time, even if you are, um, an N95 is, is going to do a lot more for you. Tip number two. At the beginning of your shift, spritz a little uh, face moisturizing spray in that mask or a little spritz toner. You know what I'm talking about or you don't know what I'm talking about. So if you don't, do some research. The one I like to use, these these are like facial mists, just like Google it. What are they? What are the best ones? I like, um, there's a few that I like. Uh, Tatcha makes one. These are all Sephora buys, by the way. Um, If I haven't mentioned, I am a Sephora stan. I like the Tatcha one. I like the Caudalie one. I like um, Tower 28, I think it's called. It's in the red spray bottle. These are all good. They're essentially moisturizing toners. And... I do believe, I have n- no evidence to back this up, but I do think that since I've been doing that in my mask, I've, I've had less zits, especially around my chin and mouth, um, as a result of the mask. So, yeah. get it, it also just feels good. Like, after lunch, I'll spray my face, and it, it just it feels nice, and it's a nice little reset in a 12 to 13 to 14-hour day. Tip number three. It is time to invest in a tongue scraper. If you do not have one of these, get one. Oral hygiene, there's always something else you can be doing. So brush your teeth, floss your teeth, mouthwash is a must, but a tongue scraper will change the game inside that N95. I guarantee it, you will be shocked. And finally, I have one trick. Make masks more fun. I bought like 60 adhesive mustaches to for people to put on their masks or just to put on just to to put on this is just fun and it kind of takes some of the scary traumatizing power of the mask away i mean it can be anything bring a bunch of stickers to work and and put stickers on your masks ribbon i don't know they've got those mask like leashes that are like basically those eyeglass chains that you can put on your mask like those are fun Masks don't always have to be a triggering burden all the time. (laughs) Sometimes they can be fun, and you can have fun with them. And God, we need more fun at work, I've got to say. 
I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If so, please subscribe, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and tell everyone you know and your nurse friends to listen. Mask mandates are gone, and the risk of you getting some kind of virus has gone up. Plan accordingly. Get you in a 95. Spritz those babies. Up your oral hygiene game. Make it fun. Or don't. You got sick days. Use them. Thank you for listening, and have a safe shift. It's an EDRN is written and produced by me. Our senior editor is me. The theme song is written and performed by, tragically, also me. All views and opinions expressed in this podcast are my own and do not reflect the standards and positions of any healthcare entity that I may or may not be working for. Although I am a nurse, things I say in this podcast are not a stand-in for professional medical advice, and everything you hear from randos on the internet should absolutely be validated across multiple other reliable sources.